from savannahnow.com. I'm Adam Van Brimmer, and this is The Commute. On today's episode, the Salvation Army's bell ringers and their red kettles are out in front of your favorite supermarket again. It must be the Christmas season. The Salvation Army's local leader, Major Paul Egan, talks about the spirit of giving and what's ahead for his army, which is on the front lines of the battle against homelessness in Savannah. Today is Tuesday, December the 14th, and this is the Commute Podcast presented by National Office Systems. Major Paul Egan is in studio and ready to talk. But first, a message about our sponsor, National Office Systems. If you are a regular listener to the Commute, you know about Scott Center and his team over at National Office Systems and how they are Savannah's experts in office design and outfitting. They work with top quality suppliers such as Dirt Modular Interiors and Herman Miller Office Furniture to create comfortable and productive workspaces. Learn more by visiting www.natoffsys.com. That's www.natoffsys.com. Pleased to be joined on the commute by Major Paul Egan with the Salvation Army here in Savannah. And it's it's a kind of a red letter day for me because I've never seen Major Egan out of his <laughs> Salvation Army uniform. He is wearing what he calls his warehouse uniform today, That's which uh, you, you can't see the logo, but there is a Salvation Army logo on that uh, gray sweatshirt because he was there you go he was getting everything set up at the gym on on b road for some toy giveaways and some other things that have to do with empty talking fund and some of the other initiatives that they're involved in during the holidays first thanks for coming in uh let's talk about those things let's talk about the red kettle first because that's when i hear that bell i was like i I gotta call (laughs) i gotta call major egan get him in to talk but uh, you kind of talk about the annual red kettle drive and how things are going yeah we've had a a a fun year this year the weather's been great Mm -hmm. man there's nothing like ringing the bell in savannah Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's bundled up that's for sure yeah yeah you know frightfully cold at 50 uh Mm -hmm. but uh (laughs) Yeah, the, uh, the the uh, folks where we've had kettles out have gone fantastic, and people have been enjoying the giving, and uh, we've enjoyed uh, being a part of that. Uh, not seeing quite the numbers of kettles out there this year. Okay. Now, people have expressed it. Uh, it comes down to the number of folks that uh, are, are able to go out and ring the bell. Mm-hmm. Um, like everywhere, we've had a bit of an employee shortage. You'll know that uh, uh, probably about uh, 35 or about a third of our our bell ringers are paid mm-hmm. and the Salvation Army is happy to do that. We was able to get somebody some extra employment at Christmas time when they need it. Uh, it gives employment to people who might uh, not be able to do a lot of other activities, but it's, uh, it's as easy as ringing a bell. Uh, right. And uh, so um, we enjoy doing that, but we have not had nearly the numbers of folks. We've got some of our faithfuls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you have uh, out at uh, Wilmington Island, there's a, a lady that's been doing it for years. For us. It's, yeah. been, it's fantastic. But uh, yeah, so the shortage there. And so uh, we're trying to recapture it with uh, with volunteers mm-hmm. and more volunteers. And so um, got a, a new system now that we kind of laid out last year during the pandemic. And uh, it's an opportunity to sign up online at registeredaring.com. Okay. And uh, you go there, put in the the uh, the zip code, and you can see the different places that we ring at, the different days, and volunteer for two hours. Or uh, you can volunteer as an individual or uh, grab some friends and sign up for the whole day and just kind of get a rotation basis going. Of everybody wants to come in and ring the bell. It's really fun, especially, yes. I mean, we're looking at great weather over the next week or so. And uh, uh, the opportunity to, to ring a bell, to meet friends, to wish people a Merry Christmas. Uh, some folks will bring their their dog or their kid. Right. Right. 
<laughs> and just have fun. And uh, um, the, the cuteness factor pays well for us. So, you know, we love it. But they, you know, folks get out and get to meet their friends and make a big impact on the, the services that the Salvation Army provides. Yes. And I can I can attest because I've done the bell ringing before for, as part of Knights of Columbus, as part of the Boy Scouts. And especially if you do it in, in one of your neighborhood stores, you see literally everybody, you know. Yeah. You spend more time gabbing and gossiping and catching up than you probably do anything else. Absolutely. Uh, but it's a, uh, it's, it's a good time. And it's quite, it's, it's quite eye-opening to see how much money gets stuffed into those, into those. You know, it, it really is cool. And, um, last year, uh, we, we raised, I think around $180,000 wow. just in those kettles. And, uh, you, you figure of, of that amount, probably about 60,000 was change mm-hmm. <laughs> Benny's yeah. quarters, nickels, dimes. Yeah. And, uh, that adds up whenever you have a lot of people out there helping us to, to ring the bell. You ring through Christmas day or? through uh, Christmas Eve. That's okay. right. Through uh, Christmas Eve. Yeah. As the stores are closing earlier, early, we'll be wrapping up on Christmas Eve and, uh, enjoy it. And, uh, course, you know, here in uh, Savannah to go out and ring the bells, it's it just absolute joy. $180,000. What all, where all does that, everywhere? Yes, sir. Uh, it, it goes to support the Salvation Army at Christmas time. Uh, fortunately, more and more of the things that we give away at Christmas time come sponsored to us through okay. the Angel Three, Angel Tree and, mm-hmm. and Holiday for Hope and uh, Holiday Hope with WSAV, but especially with the uh, Empty Stocking Fund. Right. And uh, we appreciate that so much. And so that helps to take care of the Christmas efforts, uh, which means that money that we raise in the kettles goes to help us pay people's light bills or keep our shelter running or keep the uh, community center going for the kids programs that we do over there. Empty stocking fund is something that was started here 50 years ago. This is the, the 50th anniversary that was started by some of, of my predecessors. And of course your predecessors were yeah. part of it at the Salvation Army. When you think back of the whole mission of, you know, families really need in need at Christmas time. And you all handle a lot of the front end work in terms of the families that need help. Is it pretty moving when you, when you talk to those and see those? You know, it really is. I had, uh, I had two folks, uh, two families that met out with us the other day as we were doing a, a special thing at Sam's club. And, uh, they were both families that had come to us, uh, and I think they were both in our shelter last Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, they had been in the shelter previously and, um, uh, one of them is now working towards uh, buying her first home. Mm-hmm. Uh, she came to us after her husband had passed away and the, the kids' fathers. And it was just uh, really sad to, to go through that time with her. And then she uh, had cancer and it was just uh, oh, bless wow. her heart. It was, yeah. it was tough. And the kids were, uh, they, they found a place at the shelter for a while. Once they left there, we continued to work with them with our pathway to hope program. And uh, there's just helping people to move forward. The kids were coming to our after school programs and uh, the virtual learning uh, that we did last year in mm-hmm. place of after school when there wasn't any school mm-hmm. and uh, working with the family and now seeing them reaching that point. It was just really cool to see her and the, the other young family uh, who has a, the, the mom and, and two children now. And, and uh, she's getting ready to go into management with her company and uh, to see those success stories just really make you feel uh, energetic about the work that we do. It, uh, you, you see that serious break of, of intergenerational poverty. A lot of people that come to us, they need help for the month. They need to kind of make ends meet right Right, now. Right. And we're happy to do that. Give them a place to stay, food to eat and get them along their way. Uh, but some we're able to invest in and, uh, seeing those stories is, is precious. And, you know, we got a kid at the, the shelter right now that, 
Um, I've done, I've seen it a couple of programs, then I meet her back over at the shelter with her mom and, and, uh, um, you know, just to, to, to be able to, I know the mother's going through just a tough time, mm-hmm. but a lot of the programs that Salvation Army do, of course, you know, they'll probably still be with us this Christmas is to give them some gifts and to celebrate uh, the kids. And, and uh, even though they're going through a tough time, they can still find joy uh, in their lives and um, be enriched by, by what's going on. And uh, yeah, if uh, you catch me doing that uh, after I've not slept very well, uh, I get a little weepy over it, but it's precious. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Right. Helping out in, that, in the short term, as you said, it's, it's very key and it's, it's good to bring some joy into people's lives. When you look bigger picture, when you look at, at chronic homelessness, which I know is something we struggle with in this community uh, with the pandemic and everything over the last year, have you seen any kind of trends or uh, where would you assess kind of where we are in terms of, of homelessness in, in Savannah? I think the same the same things that mess people up beforehand are messing them up now. It's a lot, you know, uh, for some, it's things they trip over themselves, uh, issues with alcohol or with bad decisions and things of that nature that set them back. Um, and then uh, for others, it's things that happen to them. Uh, you know, the uh, a trust is let go by somebody or, you know, a, 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 a death, cancer. Sure. And uh, in both cases, the Salvation Army isn't here to, to judge somebody for that. They're just right. here to say, all right, let's, let's get you up and get you going. And if a neat thing I heard this week, you know, or this, this past month was, you know, the old, uh, teach a man to fish, you right. know, you feed them for their lifetime. Well, sometimes you have to feed them while you're teaching them how to fish. Right. So, you know, yeah. well, we're happy to do both. And it's a, a wonderful place to be at with the Salvation Army to be, be able to do that. Uh, yeah. But a lot of those things, I mean, we are, we are seeing people who have kind of stretched themselves into troubles because of, uh, not um, having to pay uh, rent right. for a while right. and some the of those things. Yeah. yeah. And that, uh, that didn't do favors for a lot of people and it kind of put them in a, uh, a difficult position. And so now we're having to have some pretty tough situ- uh, conversations with people, um, you know, to say now's the time that we still have funds available to help you out with rent, to help you out with your electric bill. Uh, you apply and handle this stuff. Now you take care of your business and we'll be there for you. Right. Um, but tougher days are coming. And uh, we, um, you try to be uh, almost like a, a good parent with being stern, but graceful right. in, in working with folks and helping them to get somewhere. Uh, we especially appreciate when we can, like through the Pathway of Hope program, stop intergenerational poverty. Mm-hmm. So uh, when when my mother was growing up in a very difficult situation at the Salvation Army, uh, she had food to eat sometimes or a safe place to be and uh, um, programs to go to. But she was also learning uh, character building. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was she was learning a work ethic, a value system. And she. She learned to play the trumpet at the Salvation Army. Teach a kid to blow a horn. They won't blow a safe is the old phrase. But uh, <laughs> you give them something constructive to do. Teach them to learn. Teach them to grow. And uh, and I was able to grow up in a very happy home uh, with, with all the needs taken care of. Now, we still went to the Salvation Army. It was our church home, uh, as well as the place my mother would make me volunteer, which I didn't like back then. Love now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it made a huge impact. In, in our life, seeing that cycle of poverty uh, breaking, and and that's that's ultimately our goal. Another aspect of homelessness that I know is something that's it's something that there's there's no panacea, there's no magic bullet to fix it, and that is mental illness and its impact on the homeless. What where are we on that right now? Well, I tell you, it, it's it's a struggle. We've seen a lot more uh, folks coming to us 
who have come out of the mental health system. Uh, and uh, um, especially there was a, a time during the pandemic, there were not uh, many options of people with, with space available or space they would make available for, to help with um, with sheltering. And so the Salvation Army was constantly saying yes and and received a lot of accolades for it, rightfully so. Um, and uh, But a lot of those folks were coming out of mental health issues. And I, I was talking with uh, a few of the guys in a rehabilitation program, smart men just who have trouble with addictions. And um, uh, one of them, as I was sharing with him, uh, he had, had a buddy who had had an episode and had to go back to the, the mental hospital from, from where we were. And, uh, and I said, I'm, I'm glad he's getting the help that he needs. And I'm glad he was able to reach out with our counselors to, to make that happen. And he said, he said, you know, major, all of us suffer from mental health. And he wasn't just talking about everybody in the program. All of us have right. to, to deal with our mental health. I mean, you know, whether I might have a, a little small physical cold or I might have, you know, a broken arm, right. uh, different degrees of, of physical health that I need to make sure I'm concerned with. Same thing goes for our mental health. Right. And, uh, and especially folks that are going through homelessness. A lot of times the, the people that come to us, once they get a couple of good night stays, get some sleep going, take care of those physiological needs, get some food in their belly, they're sleeping in a safe place. Suddenly they're, they're able to talk about their other needs and make better decisions, kind of moving up Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs. Sure. And um, that I, I can just see it in action mm-hmm. and um, pray that we're able to do more and more with that. But yeah, um, I think for all of us uh, to be aware of our, our mental health, you know, I, um, I tell you, I'm just one uh, one coffee commercial away from a breakdown every day. I'm going to spend the balance of the time. You, you, the Salvation Army and, and you as well spent more time this year than you probably liked in the headlines uh, <laughs> with the plans for your, your new shelter, which uh, you had a, a shelter on Montgomery Street for, uh, and the building's been there 80 years. I don't know if Salvation Army's been there for 80 years. Since the late 70s, we've been there. Been there a long time, and it's, okay. it's time to get a new facility. You've been yes. looking for a while. Uh, you found a site that was an old, uh, it was it was public housing. That's right. Uh, at one point out in West Savannah. Yes. And it also happens to be adjacent to the site of a race, a horse racing track here from from back in yesteryear that was one of the darkest days in Savannah's history was it was the site of a slave sale, the weeping mm-hmm. time slave sale, mm-hmm. the largest believed to be the largest slave sale in U S history. That's right. And of course there was a lot of pushback about, you know, well, that maybe that's maybe where you want to build your shelter was actually part of the track and therefore it was part of the history. And there was a lot of back and forth and I don't want to really rehash that, but uh, I know that there's uh, a study has been done that says, no, it wasn't part of the track. And they went ahead and moved forward and giving you guys, and correct me if I'm wrong, the, the permit to start getting to work on that shelter. Right. Where are you on that shelter? And uh, is there any kind of timeline? So uh, once given a permission to, to, to build there uh, and the, for the zoning uh, that was required, um, we uh, uh, purchased the property, so we're grateful uh, that that has happened. Um, I tell you, it, it was a struggle uh, through through those times, um, and uh, I, I I don't know that many people knew about the weeping times prior to the Salvation Army wanting to buy that property and being interested in the property that's adjacent to it. And um, I tell you, it's such an important part of our history. Absolutely. That if if that's what it took 
for us to have that conversation, to to kind of put that area on the map in that regard, um, I'm I'm tickled. I, I got well, not tickled. That was exhausting. I'm, I'm <laughs> it, it, the the squeeze was worth the juice. Right. Uh, that uh, we we see that as a wonderful place uh, to to uh, you know for that matter redeem that area um, and uh, be a part of of um, building a, a wonderful. Uh, place where humanity can be loved when people were treated so inhumanly mm-hmm. uh, prior in that area. And um, to, to bring light to that and uh, to bring uh, another point of, of uh, history out in Savannah, this, this great historical city. And, uh, but yeah, the, uh, the promise of that place, you know, we will from any time uh, have uh, maybe uh, I think we've got six children living in our shelter right now. Okay. And uh, when they go out into the yard, which is, I'll put quotes around, um, it's uh, some picnic tables where in the daytime, it's uh, the tarmac that our forklift goes back and forth on okay. to, to take things in and out of the warehouse and into our store. Um, it's all asphalt. There's uh, there's not a tree on our piece of property there in Montgomery Street. I mean, that, that place has served us well. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the years, uh, but then whenever I look out on Augusta Avenue and see all those live oaks and uh, right. that grass and the the beauty of it and the plans that we have uh, towards uh, building out there, uh, it just excites me. You know, mm-hmm. to think that I can uh, the kids would have a place with their families that they have open to them uh, all day long, as opposed to just in shifts when the men come off the yard, the the ladies and children are able to go out there. Um, it's just so exciting to be able to take a walk underneath the tree is just going to do a lot to bless a soul. We, uh, we're, we're able to, to meet needs where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, again, let's, let's try to take it up a little bit further, you know, not just, to, uh, you've got a place to sleep and eat, but maybe, uh, a place to, to dream and feel better about your life and, and look to see that you're worth moving forward in. And that's what we want to invest in people. And that's what I think Savannah wants to invest in people as well. How do you be a good community partner out there? Because I know that's a concern, right? There's a lot of, uh, for lack of a better word, there's a not my backyard mentality. Oh, absolutely. And how, how do you be, become or are or have been a good community partner to where your shelter is located? Well, yeah, in the hopes that we were going to be, uh, we, we were looking at this property as being, uh, bordered by uh, two uh, two pretty good sized highways mm-hmm. and um, a fire department, a railroad track, and the the base lumberyard right. uh, warehouse area, and so these twelve acres are are well enough away that uh, um, uh, we we would not be close to to uh, anybody. Of course, it, we'd have a one uh, gated entrance onto both sides and. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, for security of of our people and right. of others, right. um, you know, and so uh, uh, I think I think we've kind of found that place. We're always uh, you know looking for that. I, you know, I'd, I go to we have this property on Montgomery Street, mm-hmm. and we have the property on B Road or right. two main facilities, and uh, neither one of those places are exactly um, going south. Right. Uh, they are both booming yeah, areas Montgomery of this area. community. And uh, those that know us as neighbor uh, love us. I mean, you know, you keep seeing new buildings happening around Montgomery Street. And uh, um, we, we bring in uh, those that we're helping towards workforce development with us. And so um, uh, the 
the people that are around both of our places are are happy where they're neighbors. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just that stigma is, is hard sure. to drop, you know, and uh, it's something that we'll always have. Uh, I've, I've always had people complain about it before a, a, a shelter has moved into place. Uh, any shelter that I've worked at that's been kind of new, I've never had a neighbor come and complain. Oh, you guys are our next door neighbors. Yeah. The things are booming around there. Very good. Uh, when are you going to start turning dirt? Oh, I hope within the next uh, two years. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we still need to uh, do a capital campaign. Okay. And so we're lining that up right now, uh, um, making sure that we know exactly how much it's going to cost, and uh, and starting to talk to some folks about the early part of the campaign. And uh, the Salvation Army is a corporation. Uh, move slow on those sort of things. Sure. And uh, um, we'd, if, if there hadn't been the, the hiatus for the pandemic and for the, uh, the wondering about the property, right. um, we would have been there sooner, but uh, uh, the Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. I'll just <laughs> let, let things lead as, as we go and uh, we'll see good things happen. Right. The property is in your name and that's a yes, big sir. step. For yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, thank you for, as always for coming in. Thanks for, for all that you do. Uh, I know I, I pass that kettle or pass a couple of kettles every day and, and I enjoy, enjoy listening to the bell ringing and, and yeah. listening to the, the bills and the coins hit the bottom. Of it. It's a joy to be a part of. I, um, we'd just be a building full of all the dressed people with good intentions. If it wasn't for this great community um, that uh, supports our work and it, it's making a difference. And, uh, 2,500 kids this Christmas time and uh, 1,700 families and you know, the 90,000 plus meals that we gave away last year, 70 people that slept at the Salvation Army last night. makes a huge impact and we appreciate sure it. Does. Sure does. Well, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Thanks, sir. Thanks for coming in. You as well. Thanks one more time to Major Paul Egan of the Salvation Army. Other news of note in Savannah today. Savannah's affordable housing issue continues to worsen. According to a data analyst who specializes in apartment rental rates, rents in Savannah have jumped 25% over the last two years. The analyst told Savannah Morning News reporter Zoe Nicholson the problem is about supply and said that long-term relief may not come until Savannah builds more housing units. Elsewhere, the Savannah Music Festival has released a list of artists booked for the 2022 event. Rocker Bruce Hornsby, the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra, and bluegrass favorites Mile 12 were among the acts announced for the festival, which starts March the 24th and lasts through April the 9th. The 2022 festival will be the first under the direction of Gene Dobbs Bradford, who joined the Savannah Music Festival this month after 23 years leading Jazz St. Louis. And in sports, the Benedictine Cadets football team are state champions. The Cadets won the Class 4A crown last Friday in Atlanta, defeating Columbus Carver 35-28 behind quarterback Holden Gurner's 391 yards and four touchdowns. Read those stories and more at savannahnow.com, the online home of the Savannah Morning News. Get full access to savannahnow.com and our mobile app for just $1 a month for the next six months. Go to savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and sign up. Again, that's savannahnow.com slash subscribe now. That's all for the Tuesday Commute Podcast. Thanks again to our presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. For more interviews with local newsmakers, check out The Commute Archives by searching The Commute with that Savannah opinion. The Commute returns on Thursday. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 